if it's bad, there's blessing mm. because you know what you don't like, which yeah. means you therefore can figure out what you do like because then you can shoot rockets of desire, which is one, right? Most of us, if we've got bad stuff going on in our life, we can kind of use that to go, this is giving us so much clue. Mm. It's like put a magnifying glass on the bad week like last week where I did 1% of what I really should have been doing and therefore the energy was off. Mm. Put the magnifying glass on it and go, all right, that means I really shouldn't be hanging around people I don't want to hang around. That really means I shouldn't be doing jobs I don't like to do. That really means that I'm not meant to be doing anything in this thing here. Mm. And if I can take that data and feedback and get it fast enough, imagine if I did that every day and every week, imagine how far I'd been five years, I wouldn't need to hit rock bottom. Because mm. now I'm mm. like, cool, I need to go over here to what I do like. Man, we haven't done a podcast in a long time. A long time. When was the last one? Ja- January 22. No, like the month of January 22. I remember. Yeah? Because I'd been... I'd been Pressing you to do the, this podcast for ages. Yeah. And then you were just like, we'll just do some Q&A. And yeah. we did the Q&A. It was just gold. Yeah. And I always knew that that's what would look, unlock really good content. Yeah. Is being able to have a conversation and have it filmed. Which is exactly what we're doing. Hey, we're back. Hey, we're back. I think you were in the same shirt as well. <laughs> um, okay. Who are you and what do you do? My name's Ryan Boltitude. I'm a uh, great guy. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to get to know me. So my mum tells me. <laughs> I'm uh, 37 years of age. I have a lovely wife named Lara. Beautiful children. They shape me, Orlando and Havana. And uh, that's me. I'm mm. just me. <laughs> I'm not labeling myself anything else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good, good point. Good point, which actually I had no intention of diving into that. But you... Um, you grew up around a lot of the Esther and Jerry Hicks and a lot of the um, a lot of the spiritual development from your mum. Talk to me about that because I feel like that's been such a catalyst for you. And and actually, talk to me about what do you do? Like, not who you are on a professional level, but what do you do out in the world? Let's start there. It's a big question. <laughs> it's a big question. So, didn't grow up around around Esther Jerry Hicks and the spiritual world. My mum did. So my mum, right. my mum was. Uh, right into that that whole spiritual domain since she was about twenty eight. So yeah. kind of yeah. She'd had she'd had a she had me, first child, got into that spiritual world and on we grew up just seeing all these books floating around the house to the point where dad was stressing out every five seconds, why does mum have so many books? Never picked one up. Right. Yeah, even in okay. even in my like my teenage years, I just thought she was on something. Yeah. And then I got to my twenties, and I still didn't look at any of them. Didn't even look sideways. Yeah. And then it got to, it got to a time in my life when I kind of need like didn't even need them. I still wasn't looking, but I was in a bookshop and I saw this thing called Think and Grow Rich, which we've spoken about before, and that triggered me to go, "What's gonna hurt by picking up this damn cover at the age of about 31, 32? Mm. and just take and look at it because it's like nothing's going to happen. Nothing bad's going to happen if I open the first page of this book. Opened it, read it obsessively, like speed read and didn't even know how to speed read. Mm. That was that good. Then I went over to mum's house and I was like, yeah, I know what you've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> Since then? Yeah, yeah most of those books have migrated over the other side of the road because we obviously live across from mum and dad. Yeah, sure. 
What stood out to you the most about Think and Grow Rich? Um, that page that we've spoken about before, I can't remember what page it was. It's something like 167 or 164, one of those pages. And it was um, about this subconscious mind. Like I just, mm. I never knew what a subconscious mind was. I didn't even know what a conscious mind was. I didn't know what being conscious was. Mm. Um, but they talked, Napoleon Hill, who wrote the book, talked about this subconscious mind and um, it was more the epiphany of that page where he alludes to the fact that everyone has a conscious mind, subconscious mind, subconscious mind has all the strength and the power, the conscious mind doesn't. And how you kind of feel subconsciously deep down inside you, right? Your programming, your values, beliefs, all of that shapes your reality and therefore if you think and feel and are negative as a being you're going to attract a lot more of that and it kind of was the epiphany where i went oh that's what's been going wrong for 32 years Mm, (laughs) mm. so that that would have been the profound impact of that that book and that page and then opened up the doors to go yeah cool this is this has got a lot of meaning Mm. and a lot of uh, a lot of awareness attached to it on how i should be living and that's yeah that that's what the book did opened mm. up i think eyes and awareness so so then take me back because obviously there was that was a that was a, a catalyst so that that almost was a a bit of a bridge from who you are to now who you are or how you live your life now um take me back to prior to that experience uh before that uh went like my you know first decade of life um was probably a thinker you know, like, and, and not always a good thinker. I think a lot of people as thinkers, um, they usually think pessimistically or they think about fear and s- stresses of life. Mm. So I kind of was more like that up until I was, you know, 10 or so. I think most kids are, you know, they're, they're very egotistical beings and they worry about what everybody else thinks and what color bike you've got and what the kids in the school ground think. So I think we're all egotistical at that age. Mm. Got into my teens, that probably amplified or magnified to the point where it's like you're trying to fit in. Everyone's so focused on judgment. Mm. Um, And I think our egos grow even more profound to the point where we're very mind-driven, we're very mind-stimulated, and it's all about how, you know, how what people think of us. And so that kind of happened through my teens. And then continued through my 30s, you know, the, the thinking, I was, a, I was a thinker, I was structured as a thinker, so like always thinking about this could happen, this could happen, what do they think of me, like um, would struggle sometimes, you know, I, I would freak out at the thought of having to talk on camera, having to talk on stage, anything like that, because again, magnified thinking, magnified ego and judgment. And then it kind of got to the point in my life where that was so extreme that it got me into a bit of trouble just with my own self and and my own identity and what everybody else thought of me because that's how usually the path we go on um and then i started you know getting into the books that we just spoke about and the the learnings we just spoke about and started to unravel that to a point of understanding where you know fear is made up negative thinking is a choice um what other people think you shouldn't really care about but it's easier said than done so you need to understand why you shouldn't care so much about what they think which is understanding your own lack of awareness or or your own um 
ego that's very much built up on caring about everybody else and what the ego in is, which is the mind. So I think up until that point, it wasn't living a super fulfilled life because it was so premised on um, the identification of who I was and who I needed to be to make everybody else happy, to be accepted, to be judged, right? That's kind of mm. where I was. And yeah, then I, then I kind of went the other, started going the other way. So then after, again, now, now crossing that bridge, where do you sit now? Not, per, not, not perfectly unraveled from the ego. Like I, I, I read a lot and I, I conceptualize a lot and think, like think of this big picture and this big thing called life a lot and, and, how I am and the detachment from the mind and, and not being a thinker, but enjoying, enjoying life. But I think where I sit now is, um, I, I under, I really understand fundamental, fundamentally the impact of thinking and feeling. And therefore I would say that has really transformed to more, um, optimistic thinking, optimistic feeling, I, mm. I really like, I see the best in life because I know the consequences and implications if I don't, no matter how hard the situation, whatever the situation would be, whether it's hardships in business, tough times in business, tough relationships with people, doing things that I'm uncomfortable doing, whether it's sporting related or whatever related, I think I'm very equipped to make sure what I do in life, how I decide, how I show up, um, has the best possible outcome by how I show up. So I really understand the impact of thinking negatively, um, or thinking to the detriment of what I really want. So I mm. think right now where I'm at is I just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm big on choice, choice of thoughts, choice of feelings, choice of how I show up. And, um, even in hard times, it, it seems to then result in a better position. That That's actually a question that I had was why I think one of your greatest strengths is your persistence and your resilience and the continually showing up. And they could like, I've watched you go through some shit um, and you just keep getting up. And just like slapped in the face, keep getting up, slapped in the face, keep getting up. And I've never really seen you deter away from that vision and that trusting and that knowing. And I think it's all well and good to speak about all of this stuff, but I think you do embody it. And I don't think a lot of people see it or appreciate it for what it is. Um, Not that they have to, but that's what I kind of want to dive into what what goes through your mind? So you you say you wake up in the morning, Ivana Brown's been screaming her face off all night. You're you're running on like two hours sleep. You're getting slammed by clients, which I think we should probably give a little bit of context into into what you do before. Um, but dealing with a lot of clients, dealing with staff, dealing with like the team, dealing with this continual like this big vision this puzzle that's like it's it's so big and i can tell that you see something in your head but it needs time to come to fruition and it's that constant 
changing and molding and, and improving and, and getting bigger. You've got all these things pulling you. Like what goes through your mind and how, how do you continue to stay on that path of, of uh, positive thinking and not allow that ego to come in and not allow those negative thoughts to come in of like, fuck it, like it's too hard. They do. They still come in. That, that's the answer. They, they still come in all the time. Yeah. Um, but you, you have a choice of perspective. That, that's what I, I, I believe and I think I embody is that, you know, I wake up and I, there's times that it's not all rainbows and, you know, lollipops. <laughs> <laughs> and there's times I think this is shit. You know, there's times that I'm, I'm like all of it. I still get all of it. Mm. But, but I also at a point based on the conversation that we've had and my learnings over time, that it is how you look at it. Mm. And so I can sit there and I can feel like crap and go, my old self would have gone, it is crap then. And so it's bad and therefore I'm out. Like I could do that. Now I go, I have a choice at how I see this. I get a choice at my perspective on this. And so mm. it's, it's kind of funny now it's, oh, this is really crap. Maybe it's trying to teach me something or this is really crap, which means we could just choose for it not to be crap anymore and I'm just going to kind of tweak it a little bit. Mm. So I'm looking at things as positively and opportunistically as I can by if it's crap, it just means I need to tweak what I'm doing. Or mm. if it's crap, it means I need to have a tough conversation so that we can get a better outcome. Or if it's crap that Havana won't keep screaming at 2 a.m. in the morning because she's listening to Havana Brown, right? <laughs> it's like, it's only temporary. So it's always yeah. being able to tweak what it is because we all have a chance at interpretation and meaning of something, which means it's like, look at the negative and see some positive in it. And I think that's, that's what helps me to do that. If I hate my position with clientele right now, I'm like, oh my God, that week was crap. And I've had these feelings, right? Week was crap. I dealt with some idiots. It wasn't a highly leveraged week. I didn't feel very fulfilled. My energy wasn't great. I didn't really like what I was doing. I take that and I go, all right, well, let's detach from that week because clearly that's not what you want, Ryan, which means we should be closer to what you do want, which means let's create a newer canvas and I'm good at detaching from things mm. because I can then go, nah, they're the wrong clients maybe or they're the wrong people or in my business or they're the wrong people that I'm hanging around with or whatever. I'm not going to look at it and crucify myself over it. I'm just going to look at it and go, well, that's showing me something. Mm. It means I need to kind of go over here more. Mm. And when it does that, it almost brings out better energy. It brings out more amplification, more purpose, more why in what you're doing because you're like, that's showing me so much what I should be doing. Mm. So I think all negatives and and in like all negatives in all situations have some good stuff for you. I think that's where a lot of people talk about, you know, they're at rock bottom and things were bad and everything was going wrong and I had to make a decision and I made the decision. And then when I made it, the whole world opened up. Mm. Usually people hang around in negative shit for so long. But when you can kind of be in it more and and appreciate it more and look in what it's trying to teach you and tell you, you can kind of change and shift quicker. Mm. Yeah, and and that's it's an interesting it's an interesting point too. Like 
a lot of times our rock bottom when things can't get worse it's like you 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 bounce and it's like well fuck it like i'm either gonna die or go to jail or 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 whatever yep or i make a change and i think that key thing is the commitment to change and the commitment to want to be better because i've noticed a lot in in my life and i've allowed myself to stay in a victim mentality around it of i've never had a rock bottom or i've never i've got no sub story or whatever and i've i've kind of stayed in this place of like things are okay and I can stay here. It's not bad enough to want to do anything about it, but it's like this non-committal relationship to life and everything in it. And it's an interesting thing of like just not taking full responsibility for life and just going like I've just got to actually make a decision. Otherwise it's just kind of in fluffy land of oh, I could go over here and I could go over here or whatever. I might almost stay on that point on that for a second before we go further. Yeah. I think there's something to unpack there. Um, there's something good and to unpack in that. Cause I, I've had these combos with you before. And I know, I know where you're coming from. You're almost like I'm here. It's kind of all right. Kind yeah. of want shit to get really bad. So then I just know bang here. Right. Now I've yeah. been through that. So I've gone, I've gone from like 32 years of kind of shit thinking and feeling and, and not, optimizing me mm. and, and really lacking self-awareness never picking up a personal development book even though mum had a whole bookcase right then i've gone to life career change life change all happened at once like all happened at once booted out of a massive business that i was a partner in um sold my property lara wants to have kids like it got magnified and i just went wow this is way too much shit going on and i did i went i went like a really overwhelmed anxious depression don't like this life event, crazy, rock bottom, really rock bottom, right? Then I, I went like, I didn't want to still make a decision. I still wanted to stay in this old reality to the point Lara goes, you need to stop doing this right now, being an accountant, and you need to go over here and try something different. And then it opened up this whole door, which is more like wealth and financial planning and mm-hmm. integrating accounting and financial planning, but not working for someone and being able to do it my way. And so I, I hit the rock bottom, right? Now, for the last five years, I've done really well and things have been great, but I'm the same. Sometimes I like hover around and I'm just like, it's not really moving the needle for me now. I'm not really transcending into the next light bulb moment epiphany that goes like bang. And it's like, it opens up all that euphoria and intensity mm-hmm. again. So I'm sitting there going, oh, when's my next, <laughs> when's my next shit time rock yeah. bottom <laughs> and then yeah. a massive hit. And I think the reason most people take for hit bottom to rebound is because they tolerate for so long. Mm. They go, it's not that bad yet. It's not that bad yet. Okay, yeah. cool, another two years. Still not that bad yet. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it's okay, this conditioning and this comfort zone. Five years, you're, you know, you're 28, give or take 29 now, you're at 35 now, you do finally hit rock bottom and you're like, yeah, hit rock bottom now, things are shit, bang, fully, fully elevate, yeah. right, and, and, yeah. and go to your next level. The point is... If you're not feeling it and it's kind of shit now, it just comes down to the conviction point to go, if I'm not buzzing, if I'm not loving, like if I'm not cranking and the energy's not good, let's make rock bottom now. Mm. Let's make it now. 
because I did that. I did that a few weeks ago. I went, okay, look at my whole week that I just had. How much of that was a loving? Was I pumped? Was I highly high energy, like in my space? And I went, the harsh reality is, which most of us don't face, the harsh reality is I was probably in my, my zone or my high energy for one hour. So if you're kind of in your business for 50 hours, even if it's not like doing normal transactional business stuff, but you're still thinking about business, you're, mm. you're talking about business, you're doing a podcast around business, whatever, it's still business, right? Mm. So if you're doing 50 hours, you're doing 60 hours or whatever it may be, and one hour was at that state, like that real euphoric state, do the math on that. Like one over 50, is a, it's 2% on a hunt. It's 2%. If you had a pie, mm. 2%, you were in your A game. I was on my end game, right? And I thought to myself, okay, that's not good, but it's getting real with myself. I'm not just kind of playing around and boring yeah. until rock bottom hits. And then I sort of went, okay, how many weeks have I done that in a year? I thought a lot because I'm kind of optimized some hours and I'm kind of having good conversations with people. Or I'm kind of doing podcasts that are impactful or whatever sometimes, but the percentages don't shift too much. It might go from two from 2% to 5% or whatever else, but it still stays lower domain. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I are guys that understand principles like the 80-20 and make sure you focus on the, the the genius, the small amount that has the greatest impact, like focus on the things that, you know, are 20% of the pie that give you 80% of the results and leveraging and magnify on that. Most of us don't do that because we're too complacent in our current existence that we don't really look in at where the energy is, how good it is. And we wait for this breaking point to happen, or some of us that are, that are, that are more aware wait for breaking point to get the change. Mm. It's like, rip the Band-Aid off now. Don't wait for dire circumstances. Mm. Look at it now and go, if I looked in my week or I looked in my month or I looked in my, how much am I on my game? How mm. much am I pumped? How much am I loving what I'm doing? How much am I walking out of a meeting going, that was unreal, that's why I'm meant to do what I do? The reality is even now, right now, I'm, I need those hits because mm. those hits tell me I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. Mm. Mm. So then from that point, you said that was a couple of weeks ago. What, what was the shift that you made? Looking on what you're doing. Mm. Stop, stop kind of going, for me, oh, it's kind of okay. Because you, you kind of just get caught up in the murky gray waters where you're like, oh, that was a cool day. Oh, it was a bit ordinary. That was mm. kind of okay. Life's okay. Life's all right. Mm. I'm not a breaking point yet. So it's, it's all good. And it's like, no, if you're just living where life is okay or where it's like that week was okay or that day was okay, it's like something's massively wrong. Mm. You're, here, you're here with a gift and that gift is to, to enjoy life, whatever mm. it looks like, whether it's traveling overseas to Europe or whether it's, you know, working with certain people doing podcasts, whatever it is, it's like that it's a blessing. Mm. You shouldn't wait five or ten years to go. Oh, I hit rock bottom now. I know what I'm meant to do. It's like, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. You're you're ten years closer to death. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's an it's an interesting thing because like being in that place, it's it it requires it still requires a level of like desire or something to trigger. Well, it doesn't. I mean, it's just a constant, a, a conscious choice at the end of the day to sit down and, and analyze the week and go, where am I at? If I was going to get super honest, where am I at? 
what's good, what's bad, what needs to move, what what doesn't. Um, but for you, what did, what was the next steps beyond that? Because it's like, okay, well, if I now if I just keep going, well, this is just gonna continue. What was what were some of the changes that you made in the next week? Getting real with myself. So I went and, I went and met a coach of mine and I said, this is what this is what I love doing. <clears throat> like, this is what I love doing. This is who I love doing it with. This is where I'm at my highest and best use, my highest energy. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of with me first before any coach. It was with me getting real and going, if I every day did something or every hour or every whatever did something that really like did it for me, I knew I would have a huge competitive edge. So then I looked at that calendar. The first thing I got real was with the percentages. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm really in the zone 2% of a week, like 2% out of 100%. That was the first thing. Then it was like, okay, what are the things I'm a gun at? I'm a weapon at and I love doing. And then how do we stick to that and then move the other stuff away so I can be doing the best I can and I can pay other people to do where their geniuses lie. I'm still unraveling it, to Mm. be completely honest. I'm still modeling that out to make sure I can do that into next year Mm. is the answer. Mm. Mm. I guess the key in that too is, is going and seeking out like having the coach and you've always been good. You've always been a, a big, a big believer in that is like get coached, find someone who's doing what you want to do and go and learn from that person. Um, who is that for you at the moment? J- James Cam, which we, you know him and we've spoken about him and for him openly the conversation was, this is where the business is at right now. Um, this is what it looks like. Mm. And this is, and I talked to him about the 2% thing that I'd done and the awareness that I'd shed on it. And it was it, it was good to talk to him because for me where I'm at in my life, he resonates with that because he's constructed a business model where he does what he loves to do. He mm. does what he authentically relates to and he does it on his boundaries of X amount time a week. So he's there for his family and he has the massive impact by doing that and removing all the stuff that's just clutter and distorting, right? And so... I resonated a lot. I, I resonated a lot that all year. And so now that conversation is good from a sounding board. And much of what he came back to me with after doing that is he said, well, he, he said, and I felt, and I'd been thinking already, it was like, what you're doing is correct, right? I, I've, re- I've gone through that myself. And he said, he pretty much said, don't be attached to this current business model. You need to work yourself and your options around it and not be attached to it, right? And mm-hmm. so you need to kind of go, if this is the business right now, you have so much impact in that. Is there something else over here that you could have impact as well based on your energy and your genius and your zone? And then you can kind of differentiate the two. You can split out and tweak the two how you like. You don't have to consolidate it into the old model because that's where you're kind of stuck in doing what you're a gun at doing, but also doing a lot of other stuff that's old baggage. Mm. And so that's what I've taken from him. And I think he's very unique in that abstract thinking where it's like, no, don't make it a yes or a no, or don't make it a you work with me or you don't. It's about options, flexibility, different different entrance or exit pathways, having a way to have a business or an old model, but then also disconnect from it and tweak it so you can create your new self. So it's not it's the it's the the old NLP teachings. It's like don't distort information, don't generalize and don't delete, rather create. 
Mm. Create yourself into that ideal genius or ideal zone role. You know what I mean? If you don't like doing so much stuff, detach from that, remove it, create out of it. Mm. So Mm. it's kind of stuff that I already resonated to him for and it's more clarification. Mm. Um, And again, it's uh, the thing that keeps coming up is no one's stuck. No one's stuck. No one needs to be complacent. It's like you've got to create yourself out of where you are Mm. by what you really want to be doing, what you're really stimulated by, where you have the most love and energy because that thing breeds. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and and, and it's so true. Like going back, because when we're speaking about it and you're like, let's expand on this. It's, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting shift for me in just realizing that that doesn't have to happen. That, that breaking point doesn't have to happen. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't, nothing needs to happen in order to make, in order to make change. It's just a decision. Like it's just a decision, which look underneath a lot of that, I think without perspective and and understanding of what's got, what's driving a lot of, a lot of those thoughts and feelings and behaviors and stuff like that. um, Without understanding that it can, it, it can be like, well, yeah, but how do I do it? And you're trying to kind of battle it at a conscious level that can be really, really challenging. Um, A lot of the times it's, it's like, where is this coming from? The, The questions. So let me ask you a question. In your life, right? You're 29 now, yeah? 28. 28. 28. Get out of myself. In your life, 29 years, name five moments where you were highly, and this is feelings I'm talking about Mm. here, right? So this isn't conscious thinking I'm talking about. I'm talking about subconscious and feelings and and whatnot. Mm. You felt phenomenal. Like you were on your game. You felt great. You loved what you were doing. It, it, Mm. It had that your hairs stand up sort of feeling mm, mm. five times um i think look a lot of it probably comes down to to particular podcasts that i've had conversations with people okay um but i, I would say a couple of them definitely would be dedicated to just conversations you and i have had okay um which i think is yeah, it's just it's it's having real unfiltered conversations about like like what do you really want? And just actually no, not even that. I actually think it's been just conversations around human connection and what like bringing it back to the most simplest of things. Because I mean, it sounds cliché, but it's like you can have everything in the world, but if you got no one to share it with, it's kind of pointless. And I had Abby Khan on here last week and something he said, um, he said, he said someone told him once it's not about, it's not about the destination or the journey. It's about the company and it's who you're with along, along that path that really matters. Um, And so I just think anything that really reminds me to bring life back to its most simplest things, the fact that I can change at any point, like it's this fight with life, this fight with making more and being more and, and, and um, wanting more and needing more and, and like a scarcity mindset around life and time's running out and all of this stuff. Any conversation that sparks a reminder that none of that shit matters is where I'm just like, yeah, because it doesn't. So it's like, 
I think I think it's almost the clashes of the conscious and the subconscious mind, give or take, right? Yeah. Because consciously you're making up stories or I'm making up stories or someone's watching this is making up stories. Yeah. I don't have long left. I don't have long left. I don't have yeah. long left. Then you've got the subconscious, which can have a lot of negative crap built into it, the program, right? And it's like, I'm feeling negative all the time because mm. me, the subconscious and the conscious for a long time have just been really fighting a shit life, right? But it's like when you start to go perspective wise like life's a blessing it's not going to be there for very long mm. or get taken away in five seconds etc 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 i could have 100 being in the bank what would i do like all those big deep hardcore questions which no one asked you kind of get to the point of like what really matters mm. like not not just let's make up some shitty affirmations that we read twice a day about making billions of dollars but if I had affirmations each day on like how to live my life with massive meaning, you're kind of alluding to the fact that it's like, okay, I'd, I'd create connection. Every day it would be about connection. That's what I would want to have. There's probably other things as well, honesty and authenticity in those conversations and those connections so they're mm. not mind fragmented. Like you would kind of get a frame of, that's the perfect life to live. That's the most mm. meaningful life to live. That's the most connected life to live. That's how if I was on my deathbed, I would want to live my life. Then you build up a real affirmation frame of this is what I should live by every single day. These are my values. These are my beliefs. These are my standards. Mm. And I'm going to stick so fucking truthful to that. So at least I can live at 100 or 90, whatever it is, and go, I lived life on my terms as hard mm. as it could be. There's so much energy and conviction in that, which is what we've talked about this podcast, that then you take that and you live by that, money flies. Because mm. money flies off energy. Yeah. Like, it's a whole... Like, I'm get Look at that. Like, there that's you go. cool. So, like, that's cool, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's feeling. I mean, that's, that's, that's real feeling. Right? Mm. That's energy. Uh, I've got... My energy's pinging off my hairs right now. Yeah. You take that and you yeah. live on that... You make as much money as you ever wanted. Yeah. You live the life you could only imagine because so many people have told me, like James Kemp said, oh, I made heaps of money. Mm. And then I realized I was like shallow how. I just was living there and I'd had like a million in the account or I had, you know, two million or whatever you had, mm. heaps of properties or whatever. And it's like, but then I was like, fuck, I've got no friends mm. or I've got no meaning in my life. Or my missus hates me, or my yeah. missus just left me, or whatever it is. And it's like, what mm. do I really want? Because then you've got to ask the questions, because that's kind of a rock bottom of being wealthy. Mm. And it's like, I just wish I had more connections. I wish I had more real people in my life. I wish mm. I actually had, I had time for my family. I wish my family weren't gone now. Like, that's the hard pill to swallow. Mm. We could have had that choice all along. Mm. We didn't. We just were miserable and were crying out that. Oh, it's shit right now. I'm not making enough money. Oh, well, one day. What was my mind? Re- you see what I'm saying? Mm. Just get real. Mm. Ask yourself the big questions. Because I can tell you right now, looking in, this is a meaningful conversation, right? Mm. I feel you could ask anyone in the world who you really aspire to be like or you really believe needs the goodness brought out of them for the audience that you have, and you could go and sit with them and say, look, my podcast... I charge this much. I don't want to charge any. I just want to come and have the opportunity to try and extract as best as I can all the wisdom, all the impact out of you that I possibly can and mm. give that give that to the world. Mm. You'll have some of the biggest people that you could ever imagine. Yeah, like I really had those those internal thoughts 
honestly over like the last couple of years actually just for a long time like they kind of come and go and i think that's very much the same with everyone everyone's like oh what if like like oh i could do that. like these someday goals or these dreams or these oh well, that'd be good but nah, like i could never do that and this and that and i think one thing for me is like I, I actually really feel like I'm getting closer to the space that I really want to be in, but it's a journey, right? Like it's, I, I've been on a, been on a journey of, um, in the world of content creation for a long time and burnout with that. Cause I think it was the, the content and the creativity was the thing, but the people I was working with wasn't quite the thing that wasn't really lighting me up. And then I went out into the personal development world with bridge the gap and it was like, that's good but maybe that's not quite it and then went into the gym to learn about the health and fitness and this and that and how more of how get a real taste of what business is like like dealing with the partnership and brick and mortar and this and that and it's like nah that's not a thing and then came into your world and you and I start working together and take bits and pieces and now I've kind of wrapped back into this thing where it's like okay conversation creativity it's kind of ticking the boxes but I almost feel as though there's a part where I just haven't been like, yeah, but why don't I just try and just go and have conversations with the best people who I really want to have conversations with. And I think it's the next stage, the, the stage before that has been, oh, I'll build an agency because I know I can make money from it. I know how to charge clients and package things up and this and that. But what I really love to be doing is just having the conversations. Okay. You know what I mean? All right, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the mic for a bit, right? So back to my, because there's importance in this. There's like a lot of importance in this. So back back to what I said, I want you to tell me, and we're not doing five anymore, we're doing three. Three <laughs> moments in your life, 29 years of age, right? 28, 28. <laughs> sorry, I was being a smart ass that time. 28 years of age. Give me three times, not beat around the bush, straight like from the Jaguar, right? Mm. Or to the Jaguar. Three times you were really like, like I just was. The hairs were standing up. You you felt it. Mm. You, you felt you were meant to be doing this thing that you were doing, having this conversation. You were ha- like you really felt it three mm. times in your life. Mm. It could, was, could have been primary school when you're a kid, when you were yeah. playing sport. Like when were the three times that come first to mind? Don't think about it. What were the three times that that really hit? Yeah, look, there's there's I would say there's a couple of like a couple of key interviews that I've done where. Um, one of them was uh, with a buddy of mine, Josh Duff. He was just telling his story. He's got a pacemaker. He's had, had two open heart surgeries. He's my age. And his outlook on life is just like next level. Like one of those dudes who you know has been to the depths of the the deep. Dad, dad died suddenly one night, like when he was like 13 years old. Like crazy story. And I just, he was talking, but he was speaking with so much gratitude that I just was like, like I had the hairs mm. and I was like, I, d- I actually don't even know what I was thinking, but it was just like, this dude is so fucking inspiring. He has everything to complain about, but mm. he's just com- so grateful with life just to be here. And I just think like that, again, I don't know what it was, but it's just that conversation was just like, I just can't wait to share that. Like that's just a powerful conversation and a powerful moment that I wanted to be a part of. What was it about that conversation that was so powerful? Man, I just, I just think when you really are sitting across from someone who is pouring themselves out and telling their story and sharing the, the intricacies of who they are, 
you can't help but connect with that. You can't help but share that feeling and and also just have like a massive perspective shift in that moment to go, fuck, like you, you it's it's borderline being able to empathize with them and because of how they're sharing it. It's like you're there with them in that experience and you just you feel all the emotions of what comes with going through that experience. And it's like, I mean, a lot of people say the happiest moments of their life or when their kid was born at their wedding day, um, some of the most, um, the hardest times when a parent dies or a friend dies or whatever, when you experience those moments, you are so present and you are so in it. And it's so, such a defining moment that I think, when you hear someone sharing their, like their journey and their story, it's like, you're just there and they're, they're powerful moments for, for a reason. But what I think it does is no matter who is listening, who is watching, who is, who is there or not there, they see themselves in that. And I think that is the, the, the one thing that we all have in common as human beings is that, we share so much more in common than everyone thinks than than we lead ourselves to believe that we do and often the people who trigger us the most are the ones we actually have the most in common with Mm. and so i think in my life when i have experiences and epiphanies around that to go okay if i look into this experience of what's happening right now like you said if it's challenging there's something to learn lean into it don't run away from it i've run away from so many things in my life because just avoidant behavior of not wanting to face the truth of things it's like when you lean into it you just see the power of what's actually going on and i i think that's a that's a felt experience 100 you said you said to us earlier about uh, esther and jerry hicks mm. like when you when you mentioned like mum being spiritual and the books that she was reading and the books that now i'm reading that was one, and it was all around energy, <clears throat> but contrast. Esther and Jerry Hicks talk about contrast so much, and it's like most people, this is really important, most people don't understand the beauty of the bad. And it's like if you're in a situation that's bad, most people go, I'm in a bad situation, I'll get the fuck out of here, right? Like, oh, like I don't like this, or my life is bad. It's like if it's bad, there's blessing mm. because you know what you don't like. Which yeah. means you therefore can figure out what you do like. Yeah. That's what sh- they talk about. They're like, they talk a lot about like you as 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 human beings, right? You've been come to this, you come to mm. this place, and when you're born as a baby, you've got really no effing idea what you do like or you or you don't like. And then through your life, stuff happens, mm. things you don't like happen, and the whole point of things happening that you don't like is to show you what you do like, because then you can shoot rockets of desire, which is one, right? So most of us, if we've got bad stuff going on in our life, we can kind of use that to go, this is giving us so much clue. Mm. It's like put a magnifying glass on the bad week like last week where I did 1% of what I really should have been doing and therefore the energy was off. Mm. Put the magnifying glass on it and go, all right, that means I really shouldn't be hanging around people I don't want to hang around. That really means I shouldn't be doing jobs I don't like to do. That really means that I'm not meant to be doing anything in this thing here. And if I can take that data and feedback and get it fast enough, imagine if I did that every day and every week, imagine how far I'd been five years, I would need to hit rock bottom. Mm. Because now I'm Mm. like, cool, 
I need to go over here to what I do like. That's why I asked you the question, what are those moments when you've gone, no, this is really what I do like? Mm. Mm. We focus so much on what we don't like, but we do nothing about it. Yeah. That's the clues. That's the guidance system. Yeah. The human guidance system. And I think... I think speaking about you, because I've had a chance to observe you and your behaviors and everything else, I think you are passionate as all hell about the evolution of the human being. Mm. I think you are a super aware person that wants cues and clues on how to live life. I think connection something that you really thrive for, right? Um, you need to follow that. Mm. and open it up because if you get little clues like i just want that story to happen again like the guy that was so grateful they're all clues it's like i don't want to interview these people because i didn't really like that Mm. i really enjoyed his interview i didn't like doing agency work i did like working with people and asking questions i really love learning and learning insights and being able to create depth in that you have all of this like don't likes and likes already profile mm, mm. lean in towards the both because mm. there's nothing stopping you right now going these are the five people that i would love to connect with would mm. love them to be my friends would love to learn their story and it's not going to hurt you whatsoever yeah. but it could just open up a whole another realm mm-hmm. mm. success yeah which is which is such an interesting thing bro like i've really observed in my life how much it's become apparent recently of of again coming back to this like a lot of stuff that lies on the under the subconscious like hearing you kind of share what you observe in me is a really great reminder and I definitely, I definitely have many moments of like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm great. Like I have a good skill set. I, I love interviewing people. And so that's all I need to run great interviews that I don't need anything other than just being genuinely interested and curious in the person that I'm speaking to. Um, but I often find myself really hesitating when it comes to taking that action. And it's almost as if it's, it's, it's not an actual voice, but it's like, this hesitation of like it won't be as good as you think it will be or like great it won't be worth it great if or it's it won't because you know what you're not meant to do that you're meant to do something else sure but if you don't expedite how quickly you get that feedback yeah you're going to be asking those questions for the next 30 years yeah whereas i would just be kind of like i think and i kind of feel a bit that i'm i'm so curious and so keen on personal development and so keen on insight of how to live the most fulfilling life that I'm going to go to these people and ask them deep questions and really like get get their essence out of them. Mm. If you don't like doing it, that's great. Well, we're going to move on to the next thing because that yeah. just showed us something. Mm. But if you question it, what if it doesn't work? Yeah, how are you going to know? And if it takes three years for you to actually do it, it's like that's three years now you've wasted trying to figure out if you did or didn't like it. Mm. Mm. man it, 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 it is it is it's that it's that hesitation that's well, one thing i've learned is if something's got to change it has to it has to change now and it never feels like it you think it will it's like it's that idea of like oh, i'll wait for the right time there is no there is no right time and i think that's that's been something that's been quite uncomfortable to lean into because it's like it's like oh like 
it doesn't feel like it, but maybe I should just do it anyway. And like, and it's always so subtle. And it's, like I said, it's something that I struggle with a lot, but it's something that I've become really good at is reframing that thing of like, well, what happens if I just do it? Like what happens if then I you know? Well, then you know. <laughs> it's like then you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that's that's yeah. that's the gold. That is the gold because then it is a win-win. Yeah. Like we, you and I, yeah. in the past, have talked about wins and learnings. Sure. You're either going to go win is that was the best interview. I felt so much stuff, and I just want to keep doing this. Yeah. Like I just need to stack up my calendar doing this. Mm. The learning could be. I didn't really like that. He was mm. an arrogant prick and I just hated it and I don't ever want to do that again. Okay, cool. You kind of write off that sort of style of interview now. Yeah. But yeah. You, you, it's a win-win. Mm. Mm. So let me ask you, what are, what are your three moments? Um, where I really felt like really I was in my, in my essence. Look, I... It probably comes down to this two percent of the calendar thing I've been talking about. Yeah. Um, the right clientele is for me. Like, there's there's a couple of guys that I work with one on one, right? And they've got a lot of money, a, a fair bit of money, right? Quite intelligent people, um, quite nice people as well, and I can just really financially help them. Mm-hmm. Like that's just being so black and white can really make an impact. I feel like my zone of genius is I can see opportunity with money and numbers and leverage and I can really like 10x, 20x, 30x that position. I, mm. I just, I can, my mind works funny, my conscious mind, I see things strategically and financially and I can completely change someone's position. In particular with people with money, that's just being completely honest, mm. right? Not anyone, um, people that have already got some runs on the board and I can really lev- leverage that up. Um, a few of those guys, whether they're just high net wealth individuals, whether they're property developers, builders that are property developers, I, I look at their money, I look at their numbers and I see like worlds of opportunity. I see worlds of limitation in their thinking and their strategizing and I see worlds of opportunity in the money that they could make and the wealth they could create. So that's mm. kind of like my gift, if you like. That gives me a lot of energy. Uh, it gives me a lot of energy because I feel like I'm making a real difference, not a fabricated BS difference. Um, that gives me a lot. When I look in my daughter's eyes, that gives me a, like a lot of love, right? Um, Orlando, I have all the love in the world for my son, but I think most blokes, when they have a daughter, it's just something different. I, it's just the feminine energy. I don't know what it is, right? Um, it's just something. In it. That's another feeling. Um, and... I I have this feeling, and I probably haven't thought about it, but similar to you, when you're when you're in a room with someone that has no real self interest, but can help you shift your perspective or your outlook or your beliefs by coming from a good place. I think that's another one, another one. Whether I do it for someone through how I coach and why I love coaching, that's kind of like my thing. I love shifting people's perspective, getting them to see different and then take action like we've gone through today. I also love it when I'm on the receiving end. Mm. So when someone like the coach mentioned earlier goes, what about this? What about that? I love that because it's like you, you, your eyes open up, mm. your world opens up. So I think that's, just like that book, Think and Grow Rich, that was a form of coaching for me that I um, 
I loved. Mm. Like I, I read that book and I just went, wow, my eyes are open. Mm. It's, it's life is different to what it really is. When I read Power of Now, um, I, I read that book and I was just like, fuck, this makes a hell of a lot of sense. We're our own biggest enemy because we're so egotistically mind-driven when we are far greater than our mind. There's this deeper force. The mind is just, it's just this, this conscious thing to make decisions, but really there's something behind that. Mm. soul if you like right that's like your heart your soul whatever it is it's universal it's got a lot more this is what i'm really meant to be doing but then your mind like you said blocks it Mm. it's like what you're going through your 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 feelings and your heart and your soul are all like yeah but i really want to be doing this i love this then your mind gets involved and goes i know you couldn't do that Mm. because the mind was designed to protect us right and it protects us from a lot which most is fake which is fear so Mm. i think um they were probably my moments. Uh, yeah, fucking great moments. Great moments. And, and I mean, because what, what is that? That's, that's making an impact. Like if you, if you took the labels away from it, it's making an impact, like contributing out to the world selflessly with a skill that you have. Um, deep, deep connection, which is, a, which is such a... Well, I can't speak from experience. I don't have kids, but like I can only imagine that that thing of like, well, I've made another human being to continue the lineage of who I am, who I now get to completely mold and teach and 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 watch them become someone over time, um, and just great great conversation of becoming better. Like it's like, what, what more would you want? Well, if you look at it, like, and this is, this is, this is why it's good to have these conversations. If you look at what you just relayed back to me, they're all integrated. Mm. Like they're heavily. So yeah. we, we were talking a lot about purpose and how we're meant to live our life and being high energy. If you take them now that you've fed them back to me, the coaching and the impact is about connection. Because mm-hmm. if I'm coaching you, I'm listening first for a long time picking up opportunities and perspective shifts and then I'm giving you kind of back what you really want. So mm-hmm. That's what I see as coaching. So I've kind of, I love coaching. I love being coached. I love coaching or helping my kids mm. to, to be better and to be happier and, and all the rest of it. Um, and like I said, I love being coached myself mm. by someone that's, that's mm. doing it for the right reasons. All of that is ultimately premised on connection. Mm connection not this whole oh how you doing i don't really give a shit about you connection based on i want the best for you yeah tell me what's really going on in your world this no tell me what's really going on in your world okay i understand Mm -hmm. have you thought about this wow that was a great idea your life your your life because of that connection has been enhanced Mm. now all of that is really based on the same model which is humanity helping humanity mm. to be better, mm. to, to thrive, mm. to be happier, to be more joyous, to be more energetic. So then your, your vehicle then, um, which we haven't really spoken on, like your, your vehicle of, of contribution and your skill set and being around the numbers and, the, and you've really moved down into the game of property, like why that 
I think there is such a contrast between like self-development and, and better thinking or operating and then property. Property is just like, it's just, there's not a lot of feeling in property. Sure. I think the reason is because I could become a mindset NLP coach in five seconds. I've got the, I've got the accreditation. I could do that. Right. But all I would be really coaching is to think different, to shift perspectives, et cetera, et cetera. The reason I hold on to property or property developing or financial literacy or any of that is because so many people care so much about money and property and wealth. Mm. If I can integrate the two and you can make strategic financial decisions, make more money, Mm. make money doing what you love to do, where your highest energy is, modeling it all around that. Like if I can do that, I'm getting the best of both worlds. Mm. I'm making you financially well off and I'm also getting you to think for, for your real self, what you really want to be doing and why you really want to be doing it. Mm. That's kind of why. Um, property's made me a lot of money. Property developing, developing makes me a lot of money. It is, it is, in my opinion, the thing that has made myself and Lara a lot of money, right? Um, but the reason I was able to make a lot of money on that is because I was also able to work out how to think and feel and all the rest of it. Mm. So you kind of can't have one without the other. If I just went and did a million property seminars and really went down that road, I don't think I would make any money because I would be too scarce in my thinking I would be too limited in my thinking. I would be too much of a pessimist to ever make a damn decision, which we've spoken about today, which means I wouldn't buy property. Yeah. But if yeah. I can work on all of that, like making a decision, learning from the decision, working on what I do love, what I don't love, like working on all of that, working on myself, my thought patterns, re- reading, et cetera, all the stuff we've spoken about, okay, I will be able to make a decision on a property. I will be able to create more wealth by leveraging one over the other. I will be able to do all these things. So I think both correlate. Mm. One's much more intrinsic around you, your thought patterns, your beliefs, your opportunities, your perspectives, et cetera, et cetera. One's much more tangible and commercial yeah, and can be a vehicle to make a lot more money. Mm. So I think they're interchangeable, to be honest with you. I don't mm. think you can have one without the other. If I just did the whole read all the books, you work on my thinking, work on my self-concept, work on all of this, but never did anything with it. It's like that defeats the purpose. Because mm. a lot of what we've spoken about today is making a decision, doing an investment, learning if you like it or don't like it. Learn, like, do you know what I mean? Mm. So they, they go together. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting um, it's an interesting thing I learned maybe maybe six months ago is this. Um, and I actually created a bit of a resource around it, just this thing called passion blending. And it's like, what are the two things that you love the most and how can you tie them in together? Because then you aren't in the lane of the property guys. You aren't in the lane of the um, 100%. The, the mindset coaches, the 100%. NLP people. It's like it's this perfect integration 100%. of like that is just so you. And that's like that just creates this this thing of like what Ryan is all about. Um, or what he does, what he goes out and does in the world, how he contributes to the world, and like that can't be replicated. It can't. A lot of a lot of the the coaching game and business is hung up on niching now, and then there's this whole other new level, which is like a land of your own, which no mm. one can replicate because it's your yeah. unique genius. And for me, when I mentioned those ideal clients before, where I'm so in my energetic state and so in my zone, 
most of the stuff I do with them, yet there's a bit of finances and tax mitigation and putting money here and getting finance and being able to get that into your development and make money on that. Sure, a bit of it's around the financial, the chess playing, if you like. You know what I'm really doing with them? I'm working on all the limitations on how they see the world, how they see the yeah. opportunities, what 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 is going on in their mind to make them not do it, what is going on in their mind to do way more client work and not enough of their own projects. That's what I'm really working with mm. so that they do take a bit of action and don't fear it. So they do take that next financial move. Therefore, I've created a unique level of genius, which is almost a combo between like mindset coaching or perspective shifting as as you talk about in combo with like strategy and keeping the strategy simple as well as financial like mm. what what are the, what are the financial moves what are the financial actions what are the financial strategy we're taking you do that you can profoundly change someone's position mm. yeah which is which is something that you and I really really saw like in building the elite builder out from the from the get go it was like builders transitioning into developments it makes perfect sense on paper and you've you've said it from the very time we started like you knew it you knew how it happens you knew what happens on paper but it's like what percentage of of people actually make that transition it's a tiny percentage because of the thing that gets in the way which is not the stuff that's on paper so and it, and it's it stands out. It's like one yeah. one does this. You've seen the you've seen the little infographic that we did. A client project makes ten percent. Your own development makes a hundred percent. Like give or take, it's like mm. a five to ten x, right? Yet they still do this mm. because they're still waiting for rock bottom to hit. Sure. Yeah. And then there's some that I work with that. They've done a bit of this sort of stuff that we're talking about and they're like, no, I'm willing to make the decision. I'm willing to take a bit of the chance. I'm willing to make the moves. Mm. And the impact is huge. And yeah. there's a lot that sit there and exist. Mm. Maybe rock bottom will happen in 20 years mm. and they'll see all of this. Mm. Yeah. And also, like, it's, it's one of those things too where, because I know that, like, especially in the earlier stages of that business, you and I both like that, that confusion of why is, why aren't they listening to why do they keep going back? And the reality is, is like, as a, as a coach yourself, you would coach for an hour or like two hours a week or whatever it was. But in between that time, they're in their own thoughts and their own world around uh, known environments, their family, their friends, all these other people who they're probably bouncing back and forth with who are also in that scarcity world. So you're outnumbered. I'm you're completely outnumbered. They've got, all, just, they got all... You're the, getting bashed. I'm getting bashed. I'm getting gang bashed because <laughs> they've got in their mind, this is back to this mindset stuff, they've got all the reasons in the world why it won't work. Yeah. Yeah. Which goes back to our convo. You really know what drives you. We think you do, which is okay. Mm. Got to try stuff to figure it out. Yeah, pretty confident. Certain things, certain connections, certain interviews really give you the jam, mm. right? But then the mind goes, "Yeah, but what? Mm. Well, what if? And what if it doesn't work? What if I'm not fueled? Mm. I don't love it. What if this? So, well, then you know. Mm. It's the beauty of it. Then you know. Worst case scenario, then you know. <laughs> Remember that? So one of these ideal clients you brought through the door, 
James. We'll call him James, but it was we'll James. James. Yeah, it was James. James, it was you don't know. Alias. James comes through. You and I thought he was too big for us. Yeah, we did. Mm. We thought he was too big for us, and I was sitting there going, "I don't know what to do with him." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "I hope you know what to do because I don't know what to do." I did it, so I called another meeting. <laughs> the way yeah. I figured it out. Yeah, and yeah. then I was like, I thought about. it. I was like, I could, I could, I could do this. I could at least try. Mm. And we did that. He's now turned out to be a phenomenal client. Mm. I feel like I've made a huge impact to his family. I've made a huge impact to his wealth, huge impact mm. to his mindset, huge impact to saying F you to clients and mm. like I'm going to do my own property developments and he's done a couple now. So so this is a really interesting point, right? Because let's let's frame this up like big, big player in property. Let's keep it at that. Big player in property. Well, in building, really. He was in a building. big player in building. Yeah. Sure. Big player in building, but came to you for a reason, right? He was a massive builder, but building for clients, which was great. Could have stayed there, but his vision was to develop, which is a big, which is, which is a pretty common theme when it comes to um, the builders. Like eventually they do want to get to that property development. But I, but I also want to kind of frame this up in the way that like, this isn't specific to the building industry. This is about being in a current position that is a smaller position, but a safe position in life, in career, in relationships, in everything. Because fucking everything's interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll bring it back to building, but this is about being in a position and knowing that you don't want to be here forever and having an idea of where you want to be or, or an inkling or a feeling or whatever it is. And, and, but there's a gap in the middle. Right and not knowing, not knowing how to bridge that gap. What do you think was the 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 biggest thing that stood in between building for clients and developing on his own to make way more wealth? The reasons why not to. <clears throat> he knew exactly what he, he was. He knew the desire. He knew he knew he knew the reason. Mm. He was like, I don't like clients and I don't want to work with them. And I know I can make way more money doing my own projects. He knew that, right? He knew it as soon as he walked through that front door, right? But it was the BS that he was talking to himself. Like you kind of talk to yourself and I talk to myself mm. as well. It was mm. the BS that kept him in his current place, which was like, oh, just one more client project. Mm. Or just when I have a bit more time to focus on my development or I'll just wait until this happens. And you just keep yourself there and you don't like it. And he didn't like it, but it wasn't bad enough yet Mm. to make that life decision for him. It was like, it was still kind of bad, but not bad enough. Mm. And then I just kind of really stressed the point on how bad it was Mm. and that it was telling him something Mm. and he would make way more money. And it went through a pattern of like month after month after month where we would have the same sort of conversation because Fairly enough, he, like most people, was attached to the old model because it was bad, but not bad enough. Mm. But I just kept putting the magnifying glass on it. These assholes, this is what they're doing. This is how much money we could make. Stop doing this. Stop doing this. I was really not telling him to do more stuff. I was telling him to stop doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Then he got one and he's like, okay, well, this is good. And I financially kind of know how to do it now because that's part of my model as well. Financially, I help people to keep shit simple. Mm. He's like, okay, then he's doing two. And now he's saying no more. 
And it's hard because he's in this, he was in this old model and now he's starting to see the fruits of this and now he's saying no. And I'm like, keep going, you. And he's mm. saying no. And his wife is like, yeah, he's saying no. Yeah. And everyone's saying yes and it, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I did. Yeah. And 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 he's a legend and I, and I love him and, and we, we've got connection, right? Yeah. Like we've got connection now because, sure. yes, financially I helped him and I helped him through it, but I think the thing was I I really knew what he wanted. Yeah. He just kept getting in his own way consciously. Mm. And I just kept going against it. I was like mm. I was fighting his mind. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's so I get my I get my fixed out of. Yeah, and and I I just I wanted you to highlight that because you have this prime example like like a like a full blown case study because now he is developing right now he's making killing it tons of money like and and look like he was making great money he probably didn't need more money because he was kind of okay he was kind of okay well it's like it's like kind of okay not bad enough yeah i'll just kind of sit here for a few years a few years is a long time when you look back at how many years you get in your life yeah yeah and it's 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 such a great example because it's you can be you can look at that relative to his position and go okay well his homes are selling for 10 million dollars like he was a big big builder and it's like it's it's all well and good to say oh yeah but like he had the money and he had this and whatever like it would have never changed if he hadn't changed his mindset and i just think that that is that is the key in anything that is the key in anything and until that point it's an it's an uphill battle on fucking oil and grease and like you're just going backwards think of it think of it like you've got this big gorilla that's your soul and it's like he's like he's like trying to get to the top to go i'm gonna live my life like this doing this with what i really love and then you got this little shit monkey at the top called your conscious mind it's like no you can't do that yet just stay there stay there big monkey and it's like that's what the fuck's going on yeah absolutely and so you've got to find ways to let the monkey out of the cage you gotta you gotta you need to go and sit down with these big dogs that you want to interview yeah. To bring their story yeah. out that helps millions yeah. of people because there's a lot of meaning in that. And this this brings me back to the point, right? Is that let's stay on let's stay on James, is that he had the resource, which was you. Um, he had the money and he had there was actually no reason why he couldn't make that change. The only thing was his mind. Like the only thing was that he was getting caught up in his own limitations. Like that was it. And and then okay, now bring it to me. I have every reason. Like I have the skill set, I have all the equipment, I have the network, I have the people, I have the ability to interview someone. I have everything that I can go to someone and go, hey, like, I just want to interview. I just want to take an hour of your time. The only thing in between me and that experience is the mind. Like, it's fucking nothing it's about else. five centimetres. You've got about 2.5 centimetres on either side of your nose. That's right. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you mean. Like, if I was you, <laughs> if I was you, right, Yeah. I'd go, I'm 28. You're back to 28 again. I'm, I'd go, I'm 28. 
I kind of know what I don't like now. Yeah. Not that old. You're still pretty young. I know sure. what I don't like. You should do this activity. I know these are the things I don't like. Yeah. These are the things based on my history of 28 years I do like because I've got these mm. signs, which is like nerves and excitement, right? I'm just going to go out for the next two years before I'm 30 and go full out, like mm. leave nothing on the table so that I can learn faster. Like mm. I'm going to go fully nuts on it and I'm going to mm. learn fast. If I feel I should be doing interviews with big people, I'm going to do interviews with big people. I don't give a flying F if I win or I lose. I'm just going to do it so I know. Yeah. Then from that, I'm going to go, this is what I really liked. Put that back on my sheet. This is what I really didn't like. Put that on my sheet. Mm. Upgrade. I've got to go over here now. These are the kind of people, do that for two years. Mm. The feedback that you're going to get will be insane. Yeah. You'll be like, I am proud of myself. I am 30. I really kind of know what I really want to be doing now because I've given it every shot I could to mm. get feedback daily. And what I do now mm. is like on a chart of a week, at least 60 to 70% what really fuels the fire. Mm. And I'm making shitloads of money from it. Mm. Mm. 100%. I mean, there's no, there's no, I can't, can't lose. That. I, and I can't, can't lose. I can't, yeah. You sure. can't lose. Yeah. It's like you either win or you learn. Yeah. And then yeah. you put it on your sheet. Yeah. Yeah. The sheet of contrast. It's a beautiful thing. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's so fascinating, man. And I, I guess too, like it's, I guess to to bring this back, and I don't know if I want to bring it back, but I'm going to do it. Bring it back in my mind. Yeah, man. We're at half at Saturn, half at Mars. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm lost. I'm zero gravity no matter where we are. And I think what I want to highlight in this, and I think to bring it almost full circle back to what, what we spoke about, is like it's a continual journey. And like the journey doesn't end. And it's a constant reminder. And it's this conversation was so needed for where I'm at. And needed for where you're at and needed for whoever's listening is at because it's here right now presenting itself like but it's all just part of the journey like it's not like from now i mean look if i made the decision absolutely i could go out there and and do it but it's even that if i make the decision you have to make the decision okay you don't don't know sure absolutely so so making that decision absolutely so and I there's challenge gonna, and there's you, so I challenge you to, to reach out to those people today. Yeah. Like whether you see so you, you're Who's probably just gone. <laughs> 100%. I'm like, fuck, no, 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 do it. Yeah, like, sure. Do it. Like, yeah, yeah. Whoever those people are, okay. you have who nothing. Can I, who can I? Well, put it on so here. That, this, yeah, this, well, this is I'll, just I'll, a massive like. Okay, who can. So, okay. So in your mind. You th- you're you're saying interview people for road to growth for this podcast. I'm Big saying people, right or, now, chunk yep. it up as best as you can. Look back on your your ninety. Looking back on your now self, who do you think you need to interview right now to make the biggest impact on you to create the biggest mm. connection and also help your audience? Also help. They're your audience. three people. Yeah. Don't just go yeah, and get three huge. people for the sake of three people because then you lose more time again. Yeah. yeah. Figure out because like if you like. You don't want to go and interview 10 people. They're all dipshits. They're like, okay, you now got the feedback of what I don't like. It's mm. like just eradicate that step if you can and go, who do I really think would have the greatest impact on me, my connection mm. with them and the audience? Yeah. And then you might be able to jump a few steps. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick... Um, 
I'm going to pick uh, Jaguar, who's who's my Done. who's my therapist. Um, it's a kind of an easy one because we've been TNR one for a while, um, so I know he's an easy yes. But that will be that's just one that I've kind of thought about for the last twelve months. I'm just going to going to be so profound. So I'm going to I'm going to fast track that. Done. I'm going to fast track that. The second one's going to be Voltura, who that's not that's not his actual name, but he started um, Psychedelics Anonymous. Which is which is an NFT project. Now, he's a he's a non he's a faceless person, like because he's in Web three and and like for identity reasons. So I'm just that's just going to be a voice one. And my third one is going to be who's who's like a who who's like a unicorn. Like I almost a unicorn. See, there were there were lost. Who do you really want that would make a lot of meaning and connection yeah. impact? Who do you think it is the most important to speak to? Because then there's purpose and heart in that. It's not you just picking unicorns, right? Yeah, sure. Who is sure. very meaningful that you want sure. to create a connection with, that you want to interview for the right reasons, that will have the greatest impact on your audience? Put some heart into it. Don't put your mind into it. Put some heart into oh, it. Oh, man. That's my, that's my, that's my, yeah. I'm not even going to say anything to that. Uh, who do you really resonate with that you think has an amazing story? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say a friend of mine, Sam. She just popped into my mind. Okay. Um, Sam Cox, who I'm gonna make sure to send this to her. Um, she's just a beast. She's just a fucking beast. She's a, she's a, she's a keynote speaker, and um, what she does, why she does it. She's I, just so fucking passionate. It's like whole people. Yeah, like, like you want to connect. Like I just every time, every time I'm with her, it's just I just get I'm just like buzzing. One of those feelings we spoke One of about. Feelings, I asked you for right. five before you didn't name her. Say so your mind got in the way again, right? I only I think I only named one, and then we went off onto onto fear. We had a lot of time. Mate. So okay, so, we, Sam, so yeah. Sam Cox, Carl Cox's daughter. Chris Carl Cox, famous DJ. Oh. All right, definitely not. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Um. Do you want me to wrap it up? If you got an idea, wrap it up. I'm keen so that there's substance out of this. The idea is when we started the conversation, I told you about 30 years of not the best thinking, feeling, perspectives, all the rest of it. Then I went through this little journey of like in every negative, seeing the positive, seeing the blessing, like really doing that because you asked me how I operated. I think it's important for you from this session and everybody listening from this session that action is goal because it gives you a feedback loop. Oh, yeah. If you can go out there and you can go, look, I really think deep down I really want to be doing this, like, and I, I've got this like excitement behind it, et cetera, et cetera, just go and do it. Don't mm. be attached to doing it or not doing it because if you do it and you don't like it, you've won. Mm. If you do it and you kill it, you've won. And so I think that's the big takeaway from here mm. is the negatives are showing you something and so kind of go with them a little bit more because mm. then you can really figure out life's journey, which is to figure out what you're meant to be doing a hell of a lot more of. Mm. That's a great end. All right. And I, I mean, I was going to, I was going to take so many directions, but it went, <laughs> it went the perfect direction and um, I'm super grateful because that was just like a connected authenticity and realness and funny that that i had no intention of it being a coaching session and you said before coming here you're like let's just let's just make it both let's just see where it goes and let's do let's do a bit of both 
and it's just like it's manifested as that so the sap brother appreciate you bro you too